The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders radio network. Soon to go national, by the way, everyone. And you can also hear Kelly and I and all of our podcasts on AnswersForElders.com. And just go to specialists and you're going to see care partners living. And I think, Kelly, you have about like 50, 60 podcasts uh, right now on our network, maybe even more. I haven't counted them lately, but um, there's a treasure trove of information that you can learn. And yeah, we've, we've you know, covered a lot of good topics over the we last. We have. And, and, you know, here's the thing that I always say, I'm, I'm kind of segueing here as we're talking about this, but this really comes up, you know, I've been, as we're preparing to take our show national, Um, I've been educating a lot of the people in, you know, the whole senior resource network on Salem media and all the different types of, of, you know, aspects that we deal with in our industry, because it's fairly new to Salem, um, as far as the intricacies that, you know, the heart is there, the desire, the passion and the technology and all those things is great. But, you know, one of the things I always say, and this kind of falls into, Um, what we're about to talk about this hour or we've been talking about. And that is the fact that I always ask people, what do you think the number one question is at the back of someone's mind when they're, when they're meeting with someone that is there to take care of their loved one? And a lot of times people will say, oh, the cost, how much does this cost? What is it going to cost me? And I said, no, that is not what the question is. The question is, can I trust you? with the care of my loved one. There's this looming thing with a family member. And Kelly, you probably can relate to a lot of times you've talked to families. It's their concern for their loved one, but it's also a scary and deeply personal thing that families are dealing with. And part of that is, um, you know, with a loved one that is maybe making a transition into assisted living or just, you know, moving from in turning 65 and having to sign up for Medicare or different things like that. There's that element of, will I be well taken care of? You know, can I trust you with the care of my loved one? And um, this is the great thing about podcasts because with Kelly, you go on and you can really build a relationship, understand what Care Partners stands for, um, certainly understand the heart and the intent behind every single thing that they do. And um, I encourage you, if you're looking for a place to, you know, get to know senior care providers. And of course, podcasts are a great way to do that. And Kelly, we're so grateful that you have been a part of us with us for so long and going with us on the journey as we go national um, and as you've expanded into Arizona. So that's really, really exciting for us all. So getting back to what we were talking about, Kelly, is building that trust. Obviously, a loved one is going to look at not only can I trust you as a senior living community, but also a power of attorney. How can I trust you? Obviously, this person becomes your advocate, your voice, and it ha- that person has the ability to do pretty much anything financially for you on your behalf. And so tell us a little bit about, Kelly, of what the responsibility is on power of attorney. Well, there's two different types of power of attorney. You've got medical and you've got financial. Mm-hmm. If you have more than one child, I strongly recommend that you don't make one of them both. 
No. no. Um, and we can get into that whenever. But what I'm getting at is both of those have different responsibilities. The medical mm -hmm. power of attorney, that's the person they're going to call when you're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. This is the person that is going to make medical decisions for care at the assisted living or memory care that they move mm -hmm. into. It's all around mom or dad's care, whoever they're they're responsible for. Okay. Yeah. Um, financials, the one's going to make sure that while mom's in the hospital, all of her bills are paid. The rent's been taken care of. The lights yeah. are still on. Right. That's their responsibility. Right. Um, so, you know, again, there's a big layer of trust here because who are you going to put on your bank account that you're going to trust to take care of your responsibilities mm -hmm. while you're ill? But mm -hmm. not only that, not rob you blind while you're in the hospital. Right. Um, how many times have we seen elder abuse because somebody had access to money they, they didn't have the authority to spend? Yeah. Um, you have, you know, and people make mistakes because people are stupid. You know, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't know the laws or they don't know the rules or, you know, their loved ones, you know, mom's moving into a new place. So they go spend thousands and thousands of dollars on all kinds of new stuff for mom and don't keep receipts. And, you know, they have to account yep. for that money. If mom ever goes on Medicaid, because Medicaid does a five-year look. Yep. Yep. And I think that what you're saying is true because people make, you know, stupid decisions. And I think the other thing, when you're a power of attorney, you're kind of on the hot seat to, to a lot of play, you know, people, you're number one accountable to the state, um, which basically oversees your role, but also your siblings. Um, I think a lot of times I've seen where people are questioning um, how money was spent, what happens and all those things. Um, so it's really important in my head. I always tell people is to be fully transparent with those in the inner circle of how money is being spent so that there isn't any question about what you're doing. I think one of the greatest stresses of being a power of attorney is sometimes you can feel like overwhelmed because everybody has you under a mic, you know, um, um, a, a microscope looking at what you're doing. And um, so I always tell people, you know, open up a separate bank account of how you're spending money and give people access to view the activity or give an update, you know, a statement every month to the people that are in the inner circle so that they feel comfortable if there's an issue with your loved ones. I'm not saying that there is, but if you have that, um, take the stress off yourself so that they know that you're acting honorably. And I think that's one of the things and I not, will throw And in. not only that, but because you're acting on somebody's behalf, why wouldn't yeah. you want to keep good records? Exactly. I'd go back up to the hospital and show them, look, dude, your mm -hmm. electricity's on. I paid yep. your rent. You know, you're golden. You're okay. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about that stuff. I mean, yeah. you, you think that you'd want to keep those kind of records and think about how that person in the hospital is not only stressed about why they're there, mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. also worried about what's going on at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. And I think the other thing with that is, is it's okay to ask for help. If you, if you're not a good record keeper, if you need help from, you know, someone, either a professional, a family friend or whatever, to just help you find somebody that you can bounce off with as far as how do you think I should best use this or have a, a you know, a, an accountant, you know, a bookkeeper, somebody that you can work with that you can put QuickBooks online and you can actually have 
some accountability because you're going to have to anyway, if that person ever has to um, apply for Medicaid. And that's a whole other story. So it, it, it is. That's a whole other <laughs> segment. Um, it's a, or aid and attendance benefits is a whole other veterans benefits, yeah. the same situation. Mm-hmm. Same situation. You have to account for money. So, mm-hmm. but again, but what I'm getting at is some people can handle the responsibility, mm-hmm. but you can't just, once again, it's not enough to talk about it, not write it down. Yeah. It's not enough to write it down and not talk about it. If somebody's volunteered to be your power of attorney, and this is someone you trust for either financial or medical, you need to set them down and you also need to get your peeps in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get your ducks orderly here because they're going to, if something did happen to you, they've got to come into wherever your space is mm-hmm. and find your bank account. Mm-hmm. And, and what, you know, and if your office is an absolute mess, how are they going to find the documents? You know, yeah. I remember taking one of my dear friends through my office one day uh, within the last few months and just showing her, you know, this is where I keep my life insurance policy. This is where mm-hmm. I keep my passport. This is where I keep, you know, just, just in case. Yep. Safety you know. deposit box. Um, you know, and all of the different things that you think about, you know, what are your online banking passwords? Um, all of those things that should be, you know, a shared and updated on a regular basis. I mean, once a year, go through those, go onto your computer. If you have them all stored, go through all of those um, passwords and, uh, you know, write them down and give them once a year or whenever they're changed to that person. Cause you never know That's what it. could happen. Even if- even if you keep an email trail, that can work as well, too. Absolutely. You know, your power of attorney, you don't, it's not that you got to get this information out and share it with everybody. It's not what we're saying. No, but no. if that's your financial power of attorney, again, mm-hmm. you know, things happen to people all the time. So it's like, Absolutely. okay, you, you've got this, now you've got this paperwork filled out. You got your bestie and they're all excited to do this for you. And mm-hmm. then they can't find anything. Mm-hmm. They don't have your passwords for anything. They get mm-hmm. called. They get called at the hospital saying, you know, from the medical power of attorney, hey, we have had an accident. Mm-hmm. Great. I'll run over to Kelly's. I can't find anything. Well, yeah. that's brilliant. So, yeah. you know, you didn't you didn't help your friend help you. Yeah. Um, and again, same thing with your medical paperwork. Is it up to date at your doctor's office? Mm-hmm. Do they have uh, all your updated medical records? If if your medical power of attorney, if you had a stroke right now and they walked in the door and the paramedics were here and they said, what medication does she take? Would they know? Yeah. Well, and that's something I want to, <clears throat> I definitely want to cover on the healthcare directive in our next segment, because I think there's so many questions that you have to have an answer to, and you're going to have to make a judgment call. And that's where you, again, finding that person. And I just, before we close out this segment, I really want to remind everyone, a power of attorney does not give anybody immediate <laughs> Um, access to your records. <clears throat> it only happens upon a doctor's order that says you're you're not capable of doing this on your own. There, it can be temporary. Let's say, for example, you have an accident and you, uh, you know, you're in the hospital for an, you know a long period of time. There is that aspect that you can do it. But the point is, it's never active. That person has no power until that doctor actually assigns it. And if you ever come back to where you're, you know, you're back to able to act for yourself, that that person 
can go to the side and you take charge again. So just understand to our, our, I think we have a lot of misnomers in my industry that think that once you draft up a document, a power of attorney, that you immediately give up, um, you know, control. And that's not the case. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm glad you shared that. I can speak from experience on that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when my Lily was in the hospital for seven weeks, there yeah. were times my power of attorney was very important and I had to step up. But mm-hmm. there were other times she was perfectly coherent and could make decisions on her own. And yeah. during those times, there was no need for me to be involved except, you know, to talk her through. Yeah. She needed a sounding board about the decision. But rather than that, she made her own choices whenever she could. And that's healthy. Yeah. Yep. And so Kelly and I will be right back. We're going to talk about the healthcare directive, power of attorney. We're going to talk about those types of documents and in the situation and that you have to be in that line. Um, we're going to talk a lot about that. So we'll be right back right after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Answers for Elders radio show with Suzanne Newman hopes you found this podcast useful in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness and living options. Learn about our radio show, receive promotional discounts and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForEldersRadio.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what can be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.